So we want to be careful this year that we don't say we're transcending with our mouths only. But that we're actually living it out. And there's going to be a Sunday when God's going to allow me to talk to you guys about who real life is and who real life isn't. Very important. That we know our identity. That we understand why God has called us to gather here. On Thursday night, we heard beautiful testimonies of how God has kept this church. This church is special. I remember in the very beginning, Mother Trapio people telling me, we don't need another church. In the city of Savannah, we have enough. I said, well, that's good because we're not another church. We're special. We're more church. This is more than a church. When you leave here, you are the church. The ecclesia, the called out ones. Everybody in here who's saved, you've been called out of darkness into his marvelous. Isn't his light marvelous? I have a job to do and I want to begin to do it. Genesis chapter 12. I want to speak to you about transcending. You remember our theme. Transcend 2016. It's right, it's right here in front of you. Lit up too. So every time you look up here toward here, you're reminded of what we're doing. Isn't that good? Every Sunday for the rest of the year, we're going to be reminded of what we're doing. Genesis 12, 1 through 7. Listen to this. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you should be a blessing. I will curse those who, I will, excuse me, I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were in the land. Now, now when he got there, when he got to the place, what happened? What happened? The Canaanites. So God's saying, I'm, I want to show you, I want you to leave everything you ever knew. I want you to leave everything you ever knew. Everything that you're comfortable with, everything that you're cozy with, all of your relationships, leave them. He said, your season's changed. You don't fit there anymore. You, you got you to gotta know when you don't fit anymore. You got, you got to know when your circumstances have become too small. Some, some of you, your circumstances have become so too small, and that's why it's uncomfortable. That's why you can't even rest. So he said, so, but when he gets to where God leads him to go to, he gets there, he finds somebody else living in what God promised him. Right? That, that can mess your mind up, can it? 
So, so watch what God does now. So to, to keep Abraham or Abram at the time from getting messed up and thrown off, God speaks. Verse 7, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So here's what God does. When he gets to the place, he finds out that there's an obstacle to him getting to it. And before he could start feeling sorry for himself, God said, God appears to him and says, to your descendants, I'm going to give this land. And when he said that, Abraham worshiped. Because that's all uh, building an altar is about. Building altars is about worship. So here's what God does. God tells you where he wants you to go. And then, you, then you're in obedience. You go toward it, right? And then when you get there, you find out it's going to be harder to get there than you thought. You thought because you had a word that you were just going to walk right in. But then you get there and you find out there's opposition. So what God does is when you see the opposition, he sends a word. And, 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 the, and the fact that you responded to the word is seen in the fact that you worship God and then proceed. What you, what you do when you see opposition is worship, not get wounded. So see, we've been called, we've been called to do some things. I'm, I'm moving ahead of myself. Exodus 3, Exodus 3. Come on, we're, gonna, we, we're having a Bible lesson, okay? Exodus 3, starting at verse 1. It'll, it'll be on the screen because I trust them. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock by the, uh, to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was what? Not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight while the bush does not burn. Now, now you got to remember how Moses got here. Moses got here because he killed a man. God told him he wanted him to do something. He jumped out ahead of God. He did it his way, and he ran for his life, and now he's keeping his father-in-law's flock. Um, go ahead and let us amen. And so he's keeping his father-in-law's flock, and he's in the desert. And, and listen now, if he, if he hadn't messed up, he wouldn't be in this place where he could hear God. You see what I'm saying? So you, you're, you're thinking that the mistakes you made have put you out of pocket but the mistake you made actually put you in place. If he didn't mess up, he wouldn't even been by the bush. He would have still been living with Pharaoh. How many of y'all ever messed up? Look to your neighbor, minister to him real quick and say, your mistake doesn't disqualify you. Mm. Now, Jesus, mm. I, feel, I feel something on this. I do. I feel something on this. So his mistake positioned him. To be by the bush, right? So he, so when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him to the front of the midst of the bush, called him from the midst of the bush, and, and said, Moses, Moses. Okay, so this is beautiful now. Now, watch this. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God uh, your, of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of who? Jacob. And so this is covenant, right? Abraham... Um, Isaac, Jacob, Abraham is the father, Isaac, who's the son, and Jacob, who's the grandson. 
And so Jacob is the third generation, the manifestation of the promise of God. When he says, I'm going to make your seed like the dust of the earth. The sand, look down, look at the sand. You're not going to be able to count your people. Look up at the sky. You're not going to be able to count them. And 12 sons come from the loins of Jacob. A trickster. A con man. A liar. Took his brother's birthright. Over a pot of stew. See? So it, it all manifests through him. Interesting. Okay, so he says, and Moses hid his face. He was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, and I want to back up there and just talk about the amount of respect they had for God. Something we see missing. People don't respect God the same. Be playing with God. I'm going to say this now. Just because God hadn't dealt with you yet doesn't mean you're not going to get dealt with. Quit playing with God now. He's a God of grace. He's a God of grace. Don't abuse that. Talk about that. We're going to talk about that this year too. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard, by th heard their cry uh, because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up to that land. What kind of land? To a good and large land. To a land, come on, flowing with milk and honey. To the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. So, Mo so Abraham gets to the land and he sees that the Canaanites are already there. And before he can become depressed and despondent, God speaks to him and says, I'm going to give this to your seed. And then Abraham turns and he worships. Now Moses is being called from the bush. A murderer is being called from a man with a record is being called from the bush and says, I want you to go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And he said, tell, and by the way, tell my people, I heard them crying. I heard what they tagged. Message. I heard what the enemy have done to him. I'm not deaf. They thought I didn't hear him. I heard, but I was waiting on this time. And at the right time, I'm gonna go ahead and I, I want you to go and tell them I'm gonna take them to a land. But by the way, I want you to I want you to let them know somebody else is there. So before you go, you need to know that it's not you just gonna just walk up in there. Okay, very important, very important. Deuteronomy 1, Deuteronomy 1. Just a little quick little Bible study, okay? Um, Deuteronomy 1. These are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel on this side of the Jordan in the wilderness. So they're, on the, they're, on the side, they're not on the side of the, of, of the promise. They're on the other side. So the only thing that's, that's keeping them from the promise, the only thing that's keeping them from the promise is, is a body of water. So here you are, you're close enough to see it, but the water's in the way. Seems like there's always something in the way. Y'all, y'all, come on, talk to pastor. Talk to pastor now. We're just having a little fireside chat, right? Seem like they all don't it always seem like there's something in the way. You, you get your hopes up. You leave church on high. How many of y'all ever left church on ten and then and then got and then got home and then something in the way? That ever happened to you? Happened to them too. Ain't nothing new under the sun. Say amen. So let's look at it. Let's look at it. These are the words he spoke to all Israel on this side of the Jordan in the wilderness in the plain uh, opposite Suf between Paran, Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dezahab. It is the 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Now it came to pass in the 40th year and the 11th month on the first day of the month that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him as commandments to them. 
Um, after he had killed uh, Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, uh, who dwelt at Ashtaroth in Edre. On this side of the Jordan, the land of Moab, Moses began to explain this law, saying, The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go into the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain and the mountains and in the low, hand, low land, excuse me, in the south and on the sea coast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. Verse 8, See, I have set the land before you. Go in and... No, no. See, I have set the land be. Now, go in and. You didn't get it. Try it again. See, I have set the land before you. Now, you. See the correlation? God said, I've done my part. God said, I've done my part. I set the land before you. This is what he said. I got you here. Now go in. Do you want God to get you there and then take you in? You want God to do it all? He get us to a church where we get a revelation, where we get inspiration, and then now we sitting in our chair and say, okay, beam me up. God, make my marriage better. Say what? Here's what God say, act right. Oh, why y'all getting quiet on me? Make my marriage better. He said, you be better. I was watching the movie, Oh God, book one, I think it is, yesterday with John Denver and um, what's the, um, George Burns and George Burns with God. And the man said, well, God, if you God, why you let all these bad things happen in the earth? And God said, why you let all these bad things happen? He said, well, you need to do something, God. God said, no, you need to do something. He said, I created everything and put you in it. You sitting here waiting on me to make you make it better. That was a side note. Anyway, go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them and their descendants after them. Basically, in a nutshell, what God says through Moses is, wherever y'all are right now, you've been there long enough. He says to them, you've been sitting at this mountain long enough. Y'all been making this trip. Around your promise long enough. I brought you this far. I kept you this long. Now go on in. God saying. So he starts off with Abraham, right? And he says, I'm going to leave everything. Go to this place. I want to show you what I want to give your people. Then he comes back through Moses and says, go tell the people. I heard him cry. I'm going to deliver them, take them to a land flowing with milk and honey. Then here, they've been walking around for a while, messing around. 
And God says, you've been messing around long enough. Go in. You've been hearing about the promise for too long without actually experiencing it. You've been getting excited about an idea long enough. God's ready for the idea to become a reality. I don't even like to use words like manifestation. I know it's a biblical word. I know it's in the Bible, but I don't even like to use them because when we think manifestation, we think stuff just going to. It's just going to appear. If we talk about the woman with the issue of blood, the woman with the issue of blood, it, say, it says like immediately she was healed, right? But you have to remember it was immediately after 12 years. Elder Smith, what if she would have quit? See, she showed her faith because she kept going to somebody to get help for 12 years. It didn't happen all of a sudden. It happened over a period of time for her. I got to hurry. Got to hurry. Numbers 13. Ready? Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south and go to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests or forests be there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. Didn't know I was going to read that, did you? <laughs> Hadn't even had that conversation, did we? Now. The land was already prophesied to be a land doing what? Flowing with what? Milk and honey. There was no reason to send nobody to check. There was no reason to see to check if, to see if what God promised was true or not. Sometimes we're just a little too skeptical. God telling us to do something. He's saying jump in the water and we're going into the water and going... So cautious, so careful. Jesus. The anointing's coming forth right now. Ain't no hollering and screaming going on in. It's coming. Listen, listen, verse 21. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, Rehob excuse me, um, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron, Ahimon, uh, Sheshai, uh, Talmai, and descendants of Anak were there. Anak, they're, they're giants. Now Hebron was, Hebron was built seven years before zone in Egypt. Um, then they came to the valley of Eshkol, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they carried it between two of them on the pole. I was in the back listening, I was laughing. They also brought some of the pomegranates and the figs. The place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. So Eshkol must mean large, abundant. Watch. And, and they returned from spying out the land after how long? Forty days. So they go there. They go to the land to check it out to see if what God promised is true or not. And God doesn't kill them in the land because of their doubt. He just allows them to go ahead because he understands how they operate. 
And they get there, and the, the grapes are so big. Now, I'm going to tell you, I've seen some, grape, some big grapes in my time, but I've never seen grapes so big that me and Ed had to carry them together. You understand what I'm saying? I've been to Sam's, and I've seen some pretty good-sized grapes, but I've never seen grapes so big that we had to put them on a pole and work together to get them back. Never seen them that big. Now, 12 spies, 12 spies going to the land now, and them jokers, everybody got to carry something. They, they coming back with figs and, and pomegranates, struggling to get it back. The land is everything God said it was. Isn't it, though? It's everything. Not, 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 look, look, verse 26, right? 26. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of, the, um, of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. Um, and they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And then they told them and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Okay, now, so it's true. It's true. What God said is true. The promise is true. The land really does flow with milk and honey. So you figure they just go into a praise. And, and look, the fruit. We brought back fruit for you to see. Mm, mm, mm. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we see the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountain. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Now, didn't he tell them people were already there? I mean, hadn't we just read that people were already there? Why is this a surprise? So, Here's my problem with these guys. You come back and you get everybody excited. And you tell them, yeah, sure enough, bloom with milk and honey. And poof, there's the fruit. Now everybody ready to go. And you say, nevertheless. We have to stop making contradictory confessions. We give ourselves a reason to go and a reason to stay. Right? Nobody else, we do it. We say, this is why I ought to go. This is why I ought to stay. Then we hear a good sermon and we go home and we say, this is why I ought to go. And then we say, this is why I ought to stay. I ought to go to college and get my degree. I don't have no money. I ought to go after this business. I don't really know how to start a business. I want to live for the Lord, but I got too many things fighting against me. All right. Trying to hurry, trying to hurry, trying to hurry. Then Caleb, then Caleb, now, 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 now. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up when? At once. And do what? Take possession. Why? For we are well able, what? To overcome it. Here's what he said. Stop it. Quit with all the negativities. Let's go up now. Because if we wait, we will come up with too many reasons not to go. 
So let's do it today. Let's go. Come on. Come on, let's go. What are we waiting on? What are we waiting on to be saved? What are we waiting on to live for God? What are we waiting on to walk in holiness and in his righteousness? What are we waiting on to pursue the dream that he put in us? Come on, let's go. We waiting on a quickening? You don't need a quickening when you got a word. We waiting on something to come over us. You already got a word. We waiting on it to feel right. Waiting on it to get right. It is right. No matter how it feels, no matter what it looks like, he said, "This is what he, I love him." He he hushed. First thing he does is quiets them. He's trying to stop the people who are negative from infecting the spirit of those who might believe. So he says, shh. Hush. Then he said, then he says, let's go up. When? At once. Let's go get this land. We have a promise starting with Abraham. That we're going to have this. And we have evidence that God's promise is real. And you're worried about some giants? You're worried about an obstacle? Worried about what you don't have? What you don't think you can do? You're going to let lust keep you from the promise? A temporary, very cheap thrill? Keep you from your destiny? You're going to let anger keep you from experiencing the very best that God has for you? Because you feel like you can't get over something that happened to you 30 years ago? You failed before and now you feel like you're a failure? And all God went through to get you here so you can go in, you have evidence and still won't go. The word of the Lord is, let's go at once. Stop thinking about it. Stop rolling it around in your mind. Receive the word of the Lord and walk into your destiny. Tap your neighbor real quick and just look at them like you're meeting and say, I'm about to go in. Now, I have to, I have a, a limited amount of time. So, he says, we are well able to what? Overcome it. Now, overcome means that you're going to come up against some stuff, right, Ethel? That means there are going to be some obstacles. There are going to be some things you have to get beyond, some things you have to get over. There's some things you have to get over. There's some things you have to get over. Some stuff you got to let go. 
Stop rehearsing it. We are well able. We are more than able. He didn't just say we're able. We are well able. We are more than able to overcome this. This can't beat you. It can't beat you. If you believe it, it can't beat you. All you got to do is confront it. All you got to do is confront it. Just deal with it. Look at your neighbor and say, face your fears. The way that I got delivered from stuff I was scared of is just by doing it. You know, people look at you, Clay, and think you've never been scared. Yeah, I've been scared. I just got over it. Things scare me all the time. Can't stay scared. <laughs> Somebody say real talk. But listen, so you you able to do it. That's all I came to say is you able to do it. You are able to transcend. I'm, I'm saying that. That's what trans, transcend means to get beyond whatever it is. I got to hurry. All right. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people. We are not able to go up is what they said. We can't do it. For they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land through which we have gone uh, uh, as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, um, came from giants. And we were like grasshoppers, how? In our own sight. And so we were, what? In their sight. My question is, how do you know did you talk to them? I would venture to say you didn't because you were so afraid of them. So you thought, watch this. Oh, God. Thank you. Do you know that many times the way you see yourself is the way you think people see you? See, a lot of people say, see, people, they think this about me. And they saying this about, no, no, they don't even know you. It's, it's what you, you... You're scared that they see your insecurities. So here they are. God's brought them all this way. Right? They, they come across Red Seas. They've seen God, God provide water from rocks. They've already won battles. I mean, it battle-tested people. I mean, it's, never, it's not like you never won a fight before. Am I, am I talking to anybody? It's not like you've never won a fight before. Look at how much you've already come over. Look at how many victories you've already won with God on your side. And you're going to let this scare you? So he said, so they say, no, we can't do it. Because we're like grasshoppers. That's how we see ourselves. Now God telling you you're more than a conqueror. That you're an overcomer. And you're saying I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I'm a mess up. I'm a mistake. The giants hadn't even seen them. 
And they say, so we are on their side. So they say they see us the way we see ourselves. So here's what I want to say to you today. Today, you, we are inviting you on a journey called up. That's your invitation today. Everybody say up. Going up is going from a lower to a higher place or position. No more low places. Look around and say it. No more low places. No more low places. Yea, though I walk through the valley. No more low places. No more living in the low places. Going up is to live with greater intention, intentionality and intensity. If you're not going to give it everything you got, don't do nothing yet. If you're going to be half-hearted, don't do anything yet. Wait until you're going to go at it all. Going up is progressing into a better place or a more advanced state. And we have been progressively moving toward this moment for two years. We talked about this Thursday night. Two years. We started off with shifting. So we're supposed to change the way we think, see, hear, speak, and live. That's what we were supposed to be doing together in 2014. Then last year, next level living, which means that we're supposed to be responding to the shift and living the way we've been saying that we believe. So it wasn't supposed to be an idea anymore, right? We're supposed to actually do it. That goes into what our church is not. It's not a place where we just get ideas about how it's supposed to be. It's a place where we go to learn how it's supposed to be and then live it out. We're not doing church here. That's not what we do. We don't come here to hear a good word, get emotionally excited and move, and then go back out there and live low. That's not what I signed up for. I know people do it all over the place. I know that's what they do. I know they lay up with somebody, then come and sing. I know that's what they do. I know, I know people in leadership do all kinds of things, then come to church and lead. I know that. But that's not what God called us to. We have a higher standard. And nobody's asking you, remember Thursday night? Nobody's saying be perfect. No, be perfected. Give the anointing and the power of God a chance to work with you. To help you grow from glory to glory to glory to glory. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. But don't stay in that. Because that's not a mistake. I got off course. Y'all excuse me. Here's the problem with refusing to go up. Y'all ready? Because see, going up is not just walking into a blessing, getting a new job, getting a new car, getting more money. It's, it's about going up. It's about going to the next level in God and our relationship and our allegiance and our obedience to him. It's about finally being salt and light. How I'm doing, Rico? How am I doing? I'm good. All right. So that's it, right? That's what we're supposed to be. Now, check this out. Here's the problem with refusing to go up. You ready? High school. James 4, 17. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. 
So if you know to do better and refuse to do better, it's sin. Wherever it is, if you know how to do better in your marriage and you don't do it, if you know how to do better as a child with your obedience to your parents and you don't do it, talk to me, somebody. Come on, let's not get quiet now. We are accountable for everything we know to do. Let's wrap it up. What happened to those who, who refused to walk into their destiny? They died. They died. They died in the place that was supposed to be the pathway to their blessing. So they died in between. They died, they died in the middle. They died in the middle. They started off, they were headed there, but they didn't make it. The wine didn't sing about it. Millions didn't make it, but I was one of the ones who did. I'm going to be one of the ones. I got my mind made up. As for me in my house. You better jump up and say it right now. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Them other folk can do whatever it is they want to do. But me and my people. Tap your neighbor and say, we're going in. Say it again, we're going in. To close today, I'm going to say that you're going to be presented with many opportunities to quit. There's, there's, going to be, there's going to be that opposition. There's going to be that, that, that resistance. But you've come too far in your journey to give up. I mean, you come way too, you come too far, you come through too much. You survived too many battles and too many wars to quit at this point. You understand? Why would you go through everything you went through for the sake of Christ to quit now? You're too close. So why come all the way to church today? All the way to church with, with, with a sense in your spirit, in your heart, that you need to give your life to Christ. Get here and don't come. You came all this way to just get close? King Agrippa, you almost had me. Boy, that was some good preaching. Paul, you almost got me, boy. I almost, I almost got saved. You, 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 you want to you wanna end up in hell saying to somebody, you know I almost got saved. 
I almost gave my life to Jesus. I, I was right there. I almost did it. I was in watch night service. I was in there. Or I almost got healed. I almost got delivered. I almost got free. I almost got to my destiny. I almost accepted my call. I almost. Anybody in here want your testimony to be almost? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. So today, the first day of 2000, 16. Let's go up. Because we have circled the mountain long enough. Messed around long enough. We've been depressed enough. We've been playing games long We've been making promises and breaking them long enough. We've been praying on it. <laughs> We've been praying about that thing long enough. The Lord said, get up. That's what he told Moses, get up. Boy, get them people and go on. I promise you, if you don't get up and bust a move, you ain't going to get there. So he says, I brought you this far. That's what the Spirit of the Lord said. I brought you this far. Now, it's your turn. Go on in. Trust me. God will deal with the stuff. He'll deal with the obstacles. He's already done that for you. Don't quit. Come on, let's go up. I, I like it. It didn't say, we going up. Do what you want. No. Let us go up. Come on, y'all. Come on, real life. Come on, friends of real life. Let's go up. Let's walk into the promise together. Let's not anybody get left behind. Let's not anybody, not nobody, get left. Let's everybody. Come on here, man. Come on here. Come on, let's come on here, man. Come on here. Go grab somebody. Come on here. Come on here now. Come on. Come on here, man. Come on here, sister. Come on. No. Yeah, I came to get you. Come on. I ain't going without you. Come on, brother. Let's go. Come on. Come on, sister. Let's go. Come on, you two young bucks. Stand up. I ain't going without you either. Hallelujah. Come on, Mother Cobb. Can't leave you. Come on. We going. Come on, Rico. Come on, boy. Come on. It's time to go. Come on, Lele. Come on. It's time to go. Get up. It's time to go. Come on. Hey, brother, I don't know your name, but come on, come on. It's time to go up. It's time to go up. 
Hallelujah. It's time, brother. It's time. Come on, tell somebody. It's time. It's time, son. It's time. Man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. That's what's up. That's what's up right there. I like that. Sebo, let's go up, brother. Let's go up. Let's go up. Let's go. As you make it back to your seat, as you make it back to your seat, <laughs> if anybody asks you, if they say, what you do in church today? What you going to tell them? <laughs> yeah, that's what you're going to tell them. If somebody asks you, what you do in church today? I went up. If they ask you what you did today, Apostle, what you going to tell them? Musicians, play something real sweet. Oh, God. To some, to some, Mother Trapio, I love you. I thank God for you. We're going, Mother. We're going with the Lord. Him only. God bless you, Mother. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all know what? See, to some people, what we just did might seem silly. But remember, I said that God uses very simple things, things that seem silly, to confound those who are wise. Go ahead. You can let him go. They, they think they know better, you know? But what you just did... If you got up, because I didn't grab everybody. I looked out and I just saw some people get up and started walking. What you just did was you just said, you know what? I'm committed to not just walking around this church, but I just committed myself to living the life that God has called me to live. I just committed, and I asked a few people around the room, I asked a few people around the room, I said, if somebody asked you what you did at church today, what would you tell them you did? And Ed said, I'm going to tell them I busted a